Welcome to the How to Win at Life podcast. My name is Toby Strong, and I'm going to give you maximum value in the shortest possible time to help you win at life. Here we go. I just finished listening to an audiobook called The Psychology of Money, and it was so amazing. I want to share my main takeaways with you. Now, quick side note on taking notes from audiobooks. When I first started listening to audiobooks, I didn't take many notes and would often finish a book and think to myself, wow, that was so interesting. I just learned so much from that. But then I'd proceed to live my life no differently and over the next few weeks and months, just forget everything that I'd heard. So over the years, I've learned to take notes and now I usually end up with a full page of notes at the end of each book. And then I'll scan through these notes and pull out one to three things that I want to implement. Or in the case of books like this, where there isn't necessarily something to implement, but just good reminders, I have a 15 minute slot in my calendar to reread my notes from at least one book per week. So I'm keeping these learnings front of mind. The best way that I've found to take these notes is to have the notes section of my phone open while listening. And as I hear things that I want to capture, I hit the voice to text button and repeat back what I just heard, which gets dictated to text. Then when I finish the book, I move all of these notes from my phone to a Word document, which gets saved in a folder with all of my other book notes. It can get a little bit clumsy sometimes when I'm driving. I might hear something that I like and put it on pause, then pull over, then repeat that section and then add it to my notes. And sometimes I even pull over multiple times during a drive, but I feel that it's worth it to capture the most important parts of the book. Anyway, let's get stuck into it. So my first note reads, financial success is not a hard science, it's a soft skill. And in the book, there are examples where financial experts have made terrible decisions and ultimately lost everything and ruined their lives. And then this is compared to a school janitor who made sound financial decisions with what little money that he had didn't get greedy and instead allowed his investments to compound over time, which eventually made him a millionaire. This was a great reminder that we can't put too much trust in so-called financial experts and that common people and school dropouts like myself can actually make better financial decisions than doctors and surgeons. We can actually be successful in managing our own money if we put the effort in and learn about it. This is because unlike hard science, think engineering, physics, mass, biology, which are often absolute, emotion and, and behavior and human psychology play such a huge part in finance, which ties into another note from the book, which is history doesn't repeat itself, but our behavior does. My takeaway from this note is that business and economic cycles are always going to happen, as in fluctuate from good to bad because human behavior doesn't change. And the past has shown us that periods of greed and excessive speculation and investment in certain areas lead to unsustainable economic growth, which eventually results in a downturn when the bubble bursts. Now, the positive for those paying attention to these cycles is that there are actually opportunities to be found here. Here's another one. Every financial decision a person makes make sense to them in that moment and checks the boxes they need to check, even though they could be completely misinformed. They tell themselves a story about what they are doing and why they're doing it, shaped by their unique experience. And this is such a great reminder to never be certain about financial decisions and always question ourselves whether we're doing the right thing and to always listen 
to people who might have the opposite opinion and have healthy debates with them because it could really help to fill in knowledge gaps that we have. And there's a whole chapter in the book about letting go of greed and here are some of my notes from this. I have something most others will never have, enough. And that's not me speaking, by the way, that's the author. Don't end up like Rajat Gupta, who had $100 million, but ended up in jail for insider trading in the pursuit of $1 billion, which would have made zero difference to his life. He had no sense of enough. There is no reason to risk what you have and need for what you don't have and don't need. And this next one is probably the most important takeaway from the entire book, which is the hardest financial skill is getting the goalposts to stop moving. And it's the most important one. I'm so guilty of this. It's actually quite disappointing when I reflect on it. Every financial goal that I've strived for, as soon as I've achieved it, what do I do? Instead of being satisfied and grateful about achieving my goal, I've immediately just set a new goal thinking to myself, well, if I can do that, I can do more. But where does it end? Unless we get this shifting of the goalposts under control at some point, we can spend our entire lives chasing a mirage, as in we're chasing something that doesn't exist, which could lead to us living our entire lives unsatisfied. And even though I'm aware of this, I'm still going to struggle with this. This may actually be the biggest psychological and emotional challenge I need to overcome in my entire life, and will probably take most of my life to get under control, if I even can. Some more notes on this. If expectations rise with results, there's no logic in striving for more because we'll feel the same after putting in extra effort. It gets dangerous when the taste of having more, as in more money, more power, more prestige, increases ambition faster than satisfaction. In that case, one step forward pushes the goalpost two steps ahead and the only way to catch up is to take greater risks. Modern capitalism is a pro at two things, generating wealth and generating envy. And life isn't fun without a sense of enough. Happiness is just results minus expectations. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's really, really important. Life isn't any fun without a sense of enough. Happiness is just results minus expectations. A few other notes are the ceiling of social comparison is so high that no one will ever hit it. There's always going to be someone better than you. And this is a battle that can never be won. The only way to win is to not fight to begin with and to accept that you might have enough, even if it's less than those around you. The idea of having enough might look like conservatism, leaving opportunity and potential on the table, but this may not be right. Enough is not too little. And enough is realizing that the insatiable appetite for more will push you to the point of regret. And my last two random little notes are cutting expenses is easier than earning more and savings are the gap between your ego and your income. To my son, Lewis, if you're listening to this in 20 years time, do not think for a second that any of these lessons or anything else on this podcast is out of date. Technology advances quickly, but when it comes to human behavior, not much changes over time. Something that's really reinforcing this for me at the moment is reading quotes from the diary of Marcus Aurelius, who lived almost 2,000 years ago, and it's as relevant now as it was back then. Human nature just doesn't change. You know, the world changes around us, but the way that we react to things and manage our emotions and desires doesn't change much at all. 
So if the type of content that you hear on this podcast resonates with you, I would suggest learning more about Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism because I think you'll really enjoy that as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.